Hello, bingers. Welcome back to Binge with Nee. It's your girl, Nee. I hope you've been getting into some awesome new shows and staying warm because it's cold as hell outside. We're already into our first full week of February, so that means it's time to recap some new January releases. Today for you, I have just a handful, about seven of them. Um, so hopefully this episode won't be so long um, as the first two. These are new shows or seasons I was excited about and will be covering what I thought or am currently thinking about so far if the show is still running. All right, let's get into it. B-I-N-G-E with me. 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 So the first show I have for us is Kaleidoscope. This is a limited series on Netflix. It aired on January 1st, so the first day of the month and or the year. And I have to say, this was a good binge-worthy show. Um, it's pretty much about the setup of a heist, and it's starring Giancarlo Esposito. We talked about him earlier in another uh, episode, but he's like one of my favorite actors. You probably know him best from Breaking Bad or um, The Mandalorian or for my old school people, Spike Lee's School Days. That's how I was introduced to him. And uh, the show is unique because like each episode was named after a color and you could watch the entire show in any order that you wanted to as long as you watch the episode called White Last. And um, pretty much I have to say that it ended unexpectedly for me because it says it's a limited series but the way it ended it I feel like it ended on a cliffhanger and it feels like it's gonna be a second season but I don't know we'll see what happens um and if there is a second season I will be back because I do need some answers and I love me a good heist show I swear if I was a criminal in another life I'd be part of a heist team or like a cat burglar I'll bet, you know, maybe not a good one because I am clumsy as hell. But anyway, I I just, I don't know. Those people are just so smart and creative. And I've always impressed with how they think outside the box for everything. But you'll you'll see the um, things that they do in uh, Kaleidoscope. I was very impressed on how they thought to like break into this place. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Alrighty, our next one we have is uh, Will Trent. That aired on January 3rd on ABC. It is currently running now. There are five episodes out now and it comes on at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a new procedural show. It's uh, based off Karen Slaughter's books and it's about a Georgia's FBI um, division. And, you know, I know that after a while, procedure shows like they're all the same but what sets this show apart from others is that like the main character is dyslexic 
So while he can't read reports easily, he's very like gifted at reading a room or a crime scene. And when he's at these crime scenes, he goes into this like spatial cognitive process. It reminds me very much of The Good Doctor. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but like when Sean on The Good Doctor, when he's like mentally picturing like the bodies and procedures of how to get things going, they kind of go and show these flashes of pictures and everything with the body and that's what the main character will in the show does like when he's reading the room he's like looking around the room and he's picturing how the scene is set up like how the killer and like the victims like lay like how they i don't know it's really good but you should see it and um i have to say i love the main character's accent because like he's like i said it's georgia so he has this nice southern drawl and it's like it's not twangy country but it's more like if you see the office like when andy instructs pam to do talk in like their little murder mystery game and he's like what you want to do is let it roll off your tongue like molasses <laughs> it's like one of them type of accents and i love it so much uh, so it's starring Ram Ramon Rodriguez, who's apparently played in many shows I like, but I did not recognize his face at all. And it looks like he mostly played bad guys. And like, like so for example, the shows are Daybreak, Law and Order SVU, The Wire, Iron Fist, and The Defenders. But I have to say, at least, um, you know, this time he has, he's the main character. He's playing a good guy. So big ups to Ramon. Um, is also starring Jake McLaughlin, who played Ryan Booth from Quantico, and he was just in that show I love, Blackbird. He was the uh, serial killer's brother. And then it also is starring Sonya Son. And I'm, you know what? I shouldn't be surprised because this lady, I swear, she is typecasted as a detective or a cop so much so that I'm beginning to think that she is a cop in real life. I swear. Like just the name of a few of the shows that she's been a detective in. She's been in The Wire. She's been in Luke Cage. She's been in The Burn Notice and Body of Proof. And you know what? Now that I'm listing all of this, I wonder if her and Ramon are like real life friends because they've been in shows together. Like I just mentioned, The Wire and Netflix Marvel shows for both of them. I don't know. But anyway, it's a good show. Will Trent, if you haven't tried it out, go ahead and try it out. It's currently on still. All right, our next show we have um, Jenny and Georgia that aired on January 5th for Netflix. This is season two. So if you haven't seen season one yet, go ahead and watch it before going to season two, obviously. Um, it's a very good show. I swear when I saw the first season, I binged it all in one day. I was like hooked from the get go. And I was so excited about this show. But I, I won't lie, um, it took me a minute to watch season two. Like I was so excited and I was waiting for it because I have been waiting for years, but I feel like COVID happened. So then it, they took a while, but then like, it was almost like I was anxious or something to start watching it because I knew I was like going to love it or I was just scared. Like, I don't know, I get really addicted and very into things so much so it kind of just takes 
so much of me and I don't know if I was just not ready to dive into that but anyway that's another like episode or story so I would say that this season started on a whole darker note while the first season like definitely had some dark elements this season like jumps right into themes of mental health um we we start seeing Jenny struggle with like depression panic attacks and self-harm right away and um uh, just like a side note, I hate like themes and shows where the audience knows something that the characters don't know. Like that's like a literary device. I can't think what it's called, but I remember um, learning about that in like twelfth uh, grade English. <laughs> I can't remember what it is, but it's a theme. And so, like for example, in this show, on the one hand, like I completely understand Jenny freaking out after realizing her mother is a killer. Sorry, spoiler if you haven't watched the first um, season. But, and like her mom having like deplorable morals. But at the same time, she doesn't know right away like why Georgia, her mom, is the way she is and all the things that she's been through. So, like, like I love to have a mom like Georgia. And like sometimes I want to be a mom like Georgia, but you know, without the opening credits in my kids' names and like teaching my teenager how to give a blowy. Nothing like that but um it's just like it was just it was so weird like on the on hand like I, I, jenny was at one point she was getting annoying but at the same time like if you sat down and thought about it like how would you react if your mom if you found out your mom was a killer and that she was like doing all these like shitty things like well <laughs> how would you act you would probably get like depressed too and like freak out so um i was also happy when they stopped the drama and the extra teen angst between jenny and georgia like not only was it annoying but i like their relationship usually because it's like a twisted lorelei and rory relationship from gilmore girls and i just wanted them to be back on like better terms and i felt so much when like georgia found out jenny was burning herself because it would you could just tell it was such a cathartic moment between them i felt it so much when like georgia like you know broke down and she just like she started apologizing and everything because you know most parents when they found out find out that their child is in pain they tend to take it personally and they get real defensive because they like i understand like they hate to feel like they're failed their child or they could be any cause to their unhappiness unhappiness i'm sorry so they stop thinking about what the next step is to help their child and then they're instead like they point fingers or they like they want to list all the good things they've done instead and while the child is ungrateful because they you know they say like they don't have room to be like in pain or depressed or something like that but georgia wasn't like that she just immediately apologized she asked what to do she just like she hugged jenny and she was just she was just there and I just couldn't help but think like I was breaking down to watching that scene because I could like I just couldn't help but think like what if I had a moment like that in my life like how much healthier would I have been at a younger age if I had that moment and I don't know it's I don't want to get all sappy or sad or anything but yeah that's it was just a wonderful moment and the show Ginny and Georgia is still wonderful. It's great to binge and I'm glad I kept up with it. And just overall, I wanna say that if you or someone else you know is struggling mentally, um, 
to a point where suicide or self-harm is like contemplated, please seek help. There are hotlines everywhere. Your local hospital would have one, the local university, your state's government site. There are even apps or sites where like you can talk with someone online or live chat. Therapy is important and it's for everybody. I don't care who you are, how old you are, what race you are, gender, I don't care. Um, therapy is for everybody. It's just as important for like a doctor checkup for your whole physical body. Everybody needs a checkup on their um, brain and mental health as well. On to our next one. We have Mayfair Witches on AMC. I watch it on a AMC Plus with Prime, but it is on AMC. Um, it comes on at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It did start airing on January 8th, and I believe there are five episodes out now. I don't know. <laughs> I really had high hopes for this show, given how, like, good interview with the vampire was and it's still like in Anne Rice's universe but this one was just like eh like I don't I don't understand why which shows have to be so freaking weird they're always so like obscure like everyone's on shrooms or something it took me a minute to place the different timelines with the characters between like the past the present and the future for the show and I don't know if you watch True Blood, but it reminds me so much of that season. I think it's season two of True Blood when the with the Maynard and then like like Marianne and she had like everybody having those parties and it was just like all that hypnotizing things. Like it just was like crazy and you don't know you didn't know what was going on. But also like a mix of like American Horror Stories hotel season, which I think was like season six or something. But it reminded me of those two uh, seasons mixed together. Like just all types of, okay, what is going on right now? Why is this going on? How did we even get here? But I don't know, overall, I'm gonna try to stick it out though because I usually like shows like this and I really liked Interview with the Vampire. And even though we shouldn't technically compare them because like the era and the feel is totally different. And like, but Interview with the Vampire was like super poetic. And there, there was just like natural chemistry between the actors and characters where her, where Mayfair Witch is right now. It, I just feel like that sex, the sex appeal and everything they're trying to put in it just feels forced. Like, I just feel like they put all these random characters together and you're just like, they don't fit. I don't know. But positive notes on the show, because I feel like at this point, I'm just saying, don't watch it. But positive notes on the show is that they're, they are trying to stick to the book. The first episode is called The Witching Hour, which is named after the first book for Anne Rice with this series. And it's also based in New Orleans. And I love me some New Orleans culture. You know, New Orleans, baby. <laughs> and there's a, I will say this was other quote I love from it, though. It's, um... One of the characters was like, I really miss the world making sense. And someone replied, it never made sense. Most of the world just doesn't know it yet. So I won't say it's binge worthy, but if you want to give it a try, go ahead. Our next show, we have um, Velma. This uh, HBO Max, and it comes on Thursdays. 
Uh, it aired on January 12th, and I think there's about like eight episodes. So, fans of Scooby-Doo, please do not come into this show thinking you're going to get the same feel or like a more adult version of Scooby-Doo. It is totally different. It's kind of juvenile, but it also has like this feel where it should be on Adult Swim. That's what it gives me. Like it reminds me of an Adult Swim show. Um, the show will have you laugh though. It's hilarious, but you will also be like rolling your eyes. Like I hate how they have Fred being super shallow. Like he's like the shallow, good looking guy and like an idiot. And I also kind of didn't really like Daphne either, but she ends up like growing on you. But I don't know if that's because Constance Wu plays her and I just love Constance. But after, I don't know, maybe it's like for character development. After a while, she does grow on you though. And then like there's Shaggy's character who they just call Rogers in the show. But I feel like the show almost can just be done without him. Like it's, I don't know, he's almost pointless. Um, I do like Velma's character though, like the main character. Like I feel like her jokes are good, but they come off like super man bashy sometimes instead of like just straight woman empowering, which is what I feel like it starts to give like feminists a bad name. But they very they're very much like reminiscent of like the monologue and jokes throughout the ninety um, fourth Oscars when it was hosted by Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes, which shouldn't be surprising because Wanda Sykes is in the show and she probably wrote a lot of the jokes or like or wrote a lot of the show. And speaking of Wanda Sykes, like the cast is a very big all-star cast. Like it's um, produced by Mindy Kaling and she plays uh, Velma. Um, also, Sam Richardson is in it. I mentioned Constance Wu. Debbie Ryan is in it. Shane Mitchell. Weird L is in it. Melissa Fumero, Jane Lynch, Yvonne Orji, Gary Cole, and Russell Peters. Like, more and more. There's, it's a very big all-star cast. And um, I will say, I'm not to say, not to say that it's up to par, but it is kind of, I think, fans of Rick and Morty or like Big Mouth on Netflix will like this show because it's like it's that same intellectual woke humor um I don't know I'd say try it out for me personally it's not a show I will binge um but if I am bored or like caught up on all my other shows I'll probably go and watch it still get a few laughs in Next show I have is um, The Last of Us, which is on HBO. Um, it comes on Sundays and it aired on January 15th. I believe there's about four episodes out now. And I'm sorry, it comes on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So um, in typical HBO fashion, this show started off with a freaking bang. Like it got cut through pretty quick. And as far as uh, like as a game adapted show, so because like if you guys didn't know, this was a game first, and I, my husband played it, um, the series, and this was like one of those games he played where I would just sit there and watch him play it. Like I don't watch him play all his games, but there are a couple that I will sit there and watch him play. Last of Us was one of them because just the storyline, like the writers who wrote that game, I feel like are very good. I'm not surprised that this became like a show or if it had became a movie because it, it 
had been interesting that whole time but um back to what i was saying like as far as like a game adapted show or movie this is like one of the best ones i've seen it's very similar to the game um but i will say like they added flair to make you like obviously more emotionally attached to their backstory and connect to the characters more with each other um i will say like fans of the walking dead or if you were a fan of the movie a quiet place um i will i think you do will love this show it gives like this action um and this firsthand feel of going through like that panic of the world ending and i wish this is something that we could have witnessed with the walking dead like i know that they gave us this in fear of the walking dead but i really couldn't get into that show like i tried like the first couple episodes i might have even like gone through the first season but um i i for some reason i couldn't get into it but this one this one is like up there like this i don't know this is what if you missing the walking dead go and watch the last of us um it's starring game of thrones bella ramsey um that was lady mormont and pedro pascal and he was um oberyn martell in game of thrones they were stars in that show and they are stars in this show they're badass go and watch it if you haven't watched it all right, our next one and our last one actually show that I have for us is um, that 90s show on Netflix. Uh, it starred, or I should say it aired on January 19th. And first off, can we just talk about how much time that has passed where a 90s show seems retro? Like really, how old am I? Like we really got a 90s show. So um, I came into this show with very low expectations. I really didn't think it was going to be good because I love the 70s show. Um, they did the 80s show a long time ago. And I really was like, who asked for a 90s show? Like, what, do we need this? I, but, you know, because like any anytime anyone does a sequel to what is basically like a cult classic, it doesn't work. But I was very pleasantly surprised. The nods to that 70s show and the scenes where the old cast were in it, it didn't come off corny. And to be honest, Red and Kitty are the ones carrying the show. Like they came back like they never left at all. And without them, I don't even think the show would like be as good because the kids themselves, like if you don't know or if you weren't paying attention, like the 90s show, is like it's still in the same timeline still the same setting um it's basically the kids of the kids from that 70s show like now they're grown and they have jobs they moved most of them moved away and they have kids now and so eric and or foreman and um donna's daughter comes to visit the grandparents red and kitty for the summer and then she ends up staying and so then she starts to make friends. She's falling in love with um, Kelso and Jackie's son, and which I, I like. He's one of the other kids I do like in the show. And I like um, Foreman and Donna's daughter. She, I think she's funny. And I feel like she plays like a mix between them very well. But um, overall i feel like the kids themselves as a group they come off very disney or nickelodeon ish like i don't 
I can't explain. Like, I feel like if Red and Kitty weren't in there and there weren't flashes from the old cast coming in and out of the show, I feel like this should this could have been like a split off from Victorious or something. Just the way I can't unexplain, but like the way the kids interact with each other, their issues and all of that, it's not like the same as that 70s show. Is they feel a little younger or juvenile-ish. You always just have to watch this show to see what I'm talking about. Um, the other issue with the show I felt like was that it doesn't give me a 90s feel. Um, like I feel like I forget that I'm supposed to be watching a 90s show until music comes in. And maybe that's just me because I grew up in the 90s, so like maybe things just look normal to me, but so like younger kids maybe they are they may maybe they will look at it and think that it looks retro but i just forget it's a 90s show until they throw a song in there in the end the show is hilarious and it is worth benching so if you haven't seen it go watch it all right people so that's all i have those were the shows i mean i watched other shows basically shows that i had already been watching that were on winter vacation and then came back on but these were the new shows I watched or the new seasons and these are the ones that I think that you you should all try out but if you started watching a new show and I didn't mention it here please let me know um I'm have a lot of shows still on my list I want to see because a lot of shows did come out later in January that I didn't even realize about like um Poker Face on Peacock that looks really good and it looks star studded so I think I'm gonna try that one out too but um get to it I did release a video on TikTok if you don't follow me my TikTok is binge with underscore knee I do little short videos about releases but February has a couple of releases that I'm looking forward to and like you <laughs> you part one of you is coming out soon um didn't not did yet with uh gina rodriguez and uh wu-tang the final season snowfall the final season so many final seasons i'm sad <laughs> blair uh bel-air second season two so many shows coming up um be on the lookout for that Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate the support. Stay warm. Continue to binge. And be happy. Peace.